Hello, I'm Skye, and you're listening to The Founding Female. Oddly enough, the number three has a special meaning today because of this incredible founding father, Thomas Jefferson. It's my third podcast. He was the third child out of ten, and later in his life would go on to become the third president of the United States of America. Peter Jefferson was Thomas Jefferson's father. He was born on February 29, 1708, in what is now known as Chesterfield County, Virginia. His career was as a cartographer and surveyor. Peter, in 1751, in a collaboration with a Joshua Fry, depicted the Allegheny Mountains for the first time and the route of the Great Road from the Yadkin River, which ran through Virginia to Philadelphia. It would be known as the Fry-Jefferson map. In 1739, he married Jane Randolph, and like Washington, Thomas Jefferson's father passed away when he was young, just 14 years old. There isn't a lot of information when it comes to Jefferson's mother, Jane Jefferson, other than she was originally Jane Randolph. Her father was Isham Randolph, who was a son of a William Randolph, and he was a major Virginia planter. Jane was born on February 10, 1720 at Shakespeare Walk in Shadwell, which was a village a mile east of the Tower of London. According to the Julian calendar, Thomas Jefferson's real birthday landed on April 2, 1743. With the Gregorian calendar change, it is now April 13, 1743. Thomas Jefferson hailed from the colony of Virginia. His family home was known as Shadwell. It always amazes me how many people named their homes back then, and I think we should do a lot more of that today. In 1745, with the death of William Randolph, Peter Jefferson moved the whole family to Tuckahoe Plantation. In 1752, they moved back to Shadwell. When Peter died in 1757, his estate was divided between his two sons. Thomas received approximately 5,000 acres of land, including the place where he would later build Monticello. The property was officially his at 21 years of age. Thomas's education was taught by tutors at the Tuckahoe Estate. At the age of five, he was entered into an English school. At nine years old, in 1752, he attended local school and began studying Latin, Greek, and French. Between the years of 1758 and 1760, he was taught by a reverend named James Maury. There, he studied history, science, and the classics. I always find it amusing when the people I study in history and love so much study history in their time period. And I have to remind myself that while they were alive, things seem old to them too. Of course, all the founders enjoyed reading, but Jefferson, I think, enjoyed it even more. And I can definitely relate to him on that level. In this time, Jefferson also befriended Native Americans that would often visit his home at Shadwell. Jefferson stayed with the Mari family for two years. Sometimes when they traveled to Williamsburg, Virginia, he was a guest of a colonial Dandridge, 
which just happened to be Martha Washington's father. While there, he also met the famous Patrick Henry, who he admired, and they both shared a love for playing the violin. Next, he went to the College of William and Mary in Williamsburg, Virginia. He was 16. This is where he studied math, metaphysics, and philosophy. His teacher was a William Small, who was part of quite the inner crowd. George Wythe, John Locke, Francis Bacon, and Isaac Newton. They included Jefferson in their inner circle, where he'd attend regular Friday dinner parties. He graduated after much hard work and had dedicated 15 hours a day of studying in 1762. He would then work as a law clerk after getting his law license. In October, at the age of 25, unexpectedly, his sister Jane passed away. He was devastated. Like I said, he enjoyed books. A house fire in 1770 took his collection. In 1773, he had 1,250 titles, and by the year 1814, 6,500. Anyone listening to this think that their collection is bigger? When the British burned the Library of Congress in the War of 1812, he sold the second library to the U.S. government to start a new Library of Congress collection, and he wrote this to John Adams. I cannot live without books. Same, Thomas. Same. I can almost hear him saying that with a slight sigh. In 1767, he was admitted to the Virginia Bar, where he began to practice law. He evoked the natural law to argue and wrote this. Everyone comes into the world with a right to his own person and using it at his own will. This is what is called personal liberty, and it is given to him by the author of nature, because it is necessary for his own sustenance. He also used this law for freedom-seeking slaves, and when the judge ruled against the one, Jefferson waived his fee and gave the man money, which was most likely used for his escape. In 1768, he began constructing Monticello, which is Italian for Little Mountain which Monticello was placed on a hilltop. On January 1st, 1772, he married Martha Skelton. She too was a reader and a skilled pianist, and they would play tunes together. Married for 10 years, they had six children together. Only Martha and Mary survived more than a few years. Martha had a lot of health problems, including diabetes which weakened her further during childbirth. Just a few short months after the birth of their last child, on September 6, 1782, at only 33 years old, Martha Jefferson had passed away. Thomas was at her bedside. I really feel that this took a great toll on him. She didn't want Thomas to remarry. He had paced back and forth and fought exhaustion. While taking long rides with his daughter Martha, she wrote, a solitary witness to many a violent burst of grief. This hurts my heart greatly. At just 33, he was one of the youngest delegates in the Second Continental Congress 
at the beginning of 1775, and what was also the beginning of the American Revolutionary War. In June of 1775, he, inspired by the Enlightenment ideals, chose his words for the Declaration of Independence. John Adams and Jefferson became close friends, and he supported Jefferson's appointment to the Committee of Five. The Committee of Five consisted of John Adams from Massachusetts, Benjamin Franklin from Pennsylvania, Roger Sherman from Connecticut, Robert Livingston from New York, and of course, our main focus today, Thomas Jefferson. John Adams was originally the person chosen to write the document, but John persuaded them to let Jefferson write it instead. Can you imagine being 33 years old and being appointed to write such a document? Talk about the pressure. Over the next 17 days, the committee got together and made some changes to its original draft, with the final draft presented to Congress on June 28, 1776. The debate over its contents with Congress had began on Monday, July 1st. They discussed an omission on a text that included a passage they thought critical of King George III and the slave trade. Jefferson resented the changes. What people failed to realize is this wasn't any fault of his. Our country was way too fragile, and without them agreeing, at least for now, we couldn't have declared independence. So basically, first things first. Other things can be taken care of after. On July 4, 1776, Congress ratified the Declaration. It was then signed on August 2nd. They had officially committed treason against the Crown. Jefferson is probably the hardest founding father I've had to talk about. But all humans are flawed. No one is all good and no one is all bad. I see Jefferson as a hurt and emotional man. I see a man who didn't want the spotlight or attention. He didn't always speak up for things, but that's because I believe he didn't really have the confidence, especially the ones that his peers seem to have. Franklin, he liked himself. George knew his own strengths. Hamilton was a go-getter because he mostly had to rely on himself. Jefferson was an introvert. He hated public speaking, suffered from migraines, and believe me, I know that pain. He was a man who lost a lot of people in his life and he kept it to himself. He hurt in silence. He found joy in being alone and reading and he found peace and fun in playing the violin. There's so much more to learn about Thomas Jefferson, but I hope you learned something today. Thank you so much for listening to The Founding Female. See you next week. At just 33, he was one of the youngest delegates in the Second Continental Congress at the beginning of 1775, and what was also the beginning of the American Revolutionary War. In June of 1775, he, inspired by the Enlightenment ideals, chose his words for the Declaration of Independence. John Adams and Jefferson became close friends and he supported Jefferson's appointment to the Committee of Five. 
The committee of five consisted of John Adams from Massachusetts, Benjamin Franklin from Pennsylvania, Roger Sherman from Connecticut, Robert Livingston from New York, and of course, our main focus today, Thomas Jefferson. John Adams was originally the person chosen to write the document, but John persuaded them to let Jefferson write it instead. Can you imagine being 33 years old and being appointed to write such a document? Talk about the pressure. Over the next 17 days, the committee got together and made some changes to its original draft, with the final draft presented to Congress on June 28, 1776. The debate over its contents with Congress had began on Monday, July 1st. They discussed an omission on a text that included a passage they thought critical of King George III and the slave trade. Jefferson resented the changes. What people failed to realize is this wasn't any fault of his. Our country was way too fragile, and without them agreeing, at least for now, we couldn't have declared independence. So basically, first things first. Other things can be taken care of after. On July 4, 1776, Congress ratified the Declaration. It was then signed on August 2nd. They had officially committed treason against the Crown. Jefferson is probably the hardest founding father I've had to talk about. But all humans are flawed. No one is all good and no one is all bad. I see Jefferson as a hurt and emotional man. I see a man who didn't want the spotlight or attention. He didn't always speak up for things, but that's because I believe he didn't really have the confidence, especially the ones that his peers seemed to have. Franklin, he liked himself. George knew his own strengths. Hamilton was a go-getter because he mostly had to rely on himself. Jefferson was an introvert. He hated public speaking, suffered from migraines, and believe me, I know that pain. He was a man who lost a lot of people in his life and he kept it to himself. He hurt in silence. He found joy in being alone and reading and he found peace and fun in playing the violin. There's so much more to learn about Thomas Jefferson, but I hope you learned something today. Thank you so much for listening to The Founding Female. See you next week.